Berman Golf Podcast, where we're helping golfers over the age of 60 increase distance off the tee so that they can hit shorter irons into the green. Yeah, baby. You can visit us at BermanGolf.com for more information and get ready. This is going to be a fun one. And we're rolling, baby. Rolling, 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 rolling. We are back with the Long Balls Golf Podcast. Dr. Jake Berman here with my co-host. Jan Sermak. What is happening, Jan? What are you doing? What's going on? What is good? Nothing, man. Just chilling, playing golf, watching the FedEx Cup, enjoying life. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. What about this Will guy? Or is it Will or is it Will Happy Sal- Gilmore's caddy? Happy Mr. Mr. Gilmore, sir. I'm your caddy guy. That guy. <laughs> He had to retire because he used his back instead of his core to hit the ball. And now he's got two herniated discs. That's crazy. Which is completely insane from a professional player. That is crazy. This is a, We're a little dated right now. This happened a couple of weeks ago, but I think it's still very relevant. We didn't haven't talked about it before. So let's talk about it a little bit more because this is a perfect example of what inefficient golfing can do to you especially with someone that size because will is not typically your typical big guy he's not even though he's short he's not as built as McElroy. McElroy is much more muscular like he, he you can see he's a guy that works on his body a lot will has that more typical like skinny frame so what what i've seen in him is that he uses his back a lot to create that torque like he contorts when he hits the ball and this these two herniated discs and in this basically early retirement from the the end of the year is is costing him 18 million dollars 18 million dollars because he ain't using his damn core and glutes appropriately exactly he's creating this opposite force when he's hitting the ball and it's all being driven by his lower back which is Pretty much like he worked that back overtime, he won, and then he got completely destroyed. Yeah, this is a perfect example of people tell me all the time, I never used to swing this way. When I when I work with somebody and I try to get them to use their core and their glutes, and the first thing they say is, it feels like my backswing is so much shorter now. It feels like you're asking me to do a three-quarter swing. And I'm saying, no. You're actually doing a full swing. You're just not going past your available range of motion that you have. When you go past your available range of motion that you actually have, because you're not using your core and your glutes, you get that motion from your low back. And that's exactly what he's been doing. Like You can tell that when he's hitting the ball, he's really putting so much pressure on his lower back, and that's what's creating all these problems for him. He has such a small frame that he has to squeeze in the last juice out of swing, out of his body. And this is exactly what, what's happening. What we're seeing is him overworking his lower back and basically t- taking himself out of competition. Right. So side note, if anybody knows Will, please reach out to him and send him my way so that I can fix him and save his career and get him back on track. <laughs> he'll be your, your quintessential typical fix easy in and out and he's ready to go yeah he's basically the example of our golfers the ones that use their body inefficiently the ones that use their back to hit the ball their arms their their hands and they're not really using their core because they don't know how 
it surprises me that at that level of of, of the game, like at their professional PGA level, the upper echelons, is the guy who's placing top five in almost every major, and he just won his first tournament. He's having th these issues. This is not really good for his career. This is not you. You don't want to see a Matsuyama case. Like he's not going to be like no way he's going to last. No, no. He's he's going to take himself out of the PGA tour. Yeah, and. Where you see guys like Matsuyama having a controlled, very, like you always say, that pause at the top of the backswing and really connect it, Will Salatoris is completely opposite. It's all momentum. It's whippy. It's momentum. It's inefficient. There's so many negative words that we can use to describe it, yet he found a way to win. He'll never sustain it. That's the thing. So let's use, let's use it, for example, and make it relevant to the vast majority of our listeners when you have too big of a backswing because you're not using your core, your glutes before the age of 50 or 60, you tend to get that extra range in your backswing from your low back. However, after the age of 50 or 60, because the body does not move the way it used to, you're not as flexible as you used to be, but you still try to get the same range in that backswing you end up getting it from your arms. That's why your arms start to fold or your elbows start to fold and you start wrapping the club around your neck. So you're still technically getting the same distance that you were getting when you're using your low back to get it before the age of 50 or 60, when you're using your arms after the age of 50 or 60, but that's what leads to arm swinging. There's also a misconception because when, when amateur players see professional players, and it's something that always happens here, They think that because McElroy can swing that way or Tyra can swing that way or DJ can swing that way, they can come in here and expect us to help them swing that way. When you're talking about an athlete at peak physical condition, pretty much a racehorse compared to like a show pony. You know what I mean? Like it's a circus pony. Yeah, a circus pony. It's, We're all circus ponies. That's what yeah. we are compared to the pros on tour. Yeah. It's, it's basically you're comparing two completely different specimens of human beings and One spends eight hours a day training, four hours a day in the gym, and the other one sits behind a desk. You can't <laughs> compare it. Yet everyone that comes here or people that we meet and people that we train, they're always trying to get the most out of their swing and trying to do this super long swing. And they disconnect themselves from their core. They start doing a lot of sway. They start doing a lot of things that are incorrect within the motion of the golf swing. And then they start asking like, why am I hitting a shank? Why am I hitting a, a chunk on run? Or what am I hitting like a thin shot? Like, because there's no consistency because they're not using their, the right muscles, their core, their, their glutes, their legs are not connected to the ground. They're just trying to emulate something that they're really never going to be able to, you know, copy. Like they're never going to be these guys. It's all ego. It is ego. However, I think it's it's a little simpler than that, meaning that I think it's as simple as perception versus reality, meaning when I first started golfing, I was, think I said this before, I humbly say that I was in amazing shape. Like I'm right out of college, best shape of my life. Yet I could not get my seven iron to go more than 140 yards. Yet my buddies that are that I was playing with that were not in good shape, they're hitting a seven iron, 170, 180, 190 yards, 200 yards. And I'm going, what in the hell? And I felt like my swing 
looked like the pros on TV because I'm going, I'm in peak physical condition. The pros on TV are in peak physical condition. My swing looks exactly like theirs. I don't understand why the ball is not going anywhere until I saw a video. When I saw a video of my swing face on, so perpendicular to the target, so like me, ball, and then across from the ball was the camera facing me, my hips did not move at all. I mean, my belt buckle did not move at all for almost the entire length of the swing. And I'm going, oh my God, no wonder the ball's not going anywhere. I'm trying to muscle it with my arms. And there's so many people listening to this right now saying, that's not me. That's not me. It is you. It is you. I mean, the first time I remember, like, (laughs) there were more, there's been more than one time where I've seen my swing on the camera and I got to a really high level and I got to have a really good swing, which took me hours and hours and buckets and buckets to develop, plus nutritionist, plus psychologist, plus professional golf instructor and everything. And there are days where I wanted to take two weeks off and then just retire forever. Because like I was trying to do something that was not me. I was trying to swing it like Adam Scott, and I'm not Adam Scott. I'm a different human being, and I have a range of motion, and I have certain limitations that will allow me to swing in a way that I that is appropriate for my body type, and that should embrace. Most people don't want to do that. You know what most people should try to do is replicate John Rob. That's a great swing. <laughs> You guys are an absolute unit. Everybody, or not everybody, but the vast majority of people that we work with, if they're going to try to emulate anybody's swing, they should try to replicate John Rahm because they're never going to do it. They're never going to be able to stop that short into the backswing. But as if they had the concept or the idea that they were trying to do it, then they might have a chance at stopping at a normal range in the backswing but it's for example one of the drills that we always do with our students is we do the nine to three what that means is that if you're over the ball imagine that you're like a clock you have a nine on your right side a three on your left side six is down below and 12 is upright right so we do a drill where you go nine so it's a it's half swing backwards and then you go half swing follow through nine to three and by using the right movement, using your right uh, muscles, you're able to hit a seven iron 170 yards with a nine to three. But you're, you're, you're changing from using your arms and your hands and being a handsy player to being a core glue player and being a, a player who's connected to the ground and using energy effectively. And you can hit it nine to three, 170 yards. Ram is basically a 10 o'clock to, you know, full finish, but his swing is super short. But you can see when he gets to the top of his backswing, which is basically a half swing, he will use his entire body, his entire connection to the ground. Everything we talk about, your posture, your your upper body rotation, your, your balance, and then your connection to the ground to hit the ball. He uses every single part of it. And our players start by not even knowing about these things and end up hitting the ball just like Ram, you know? Right. One example that I love doing with my clients, usually in the first, second, maybe third session is I give the visual, not with a seven iron, but with the uh, gap wedge that we have out there. And I'll do a, a full swing, like full army swing, wrap the damn club around my head and hit the golf ball. 
and it goes 100 yards with the gap wedge. And then I'll do the nine to three drill using my core, my glutes. It goes 130, 140. Yeah. Every single time. And can I ask you a question? When you're hitting the ball, how much more consistent are you? Every single time. Like it's just, it's darts. Yeah. Every single time. The, Is your speed also, do you feel like you're more controlled that it's slower? But it, I love what you just said there because I just had uh, John, who's the local Titleist fitter here in Southwest Florida. He was just in here yesterday and he has one of those swings that he's 64 years old and he's hitting his seven iron once he got warmed up when we did his five swing measurement he was hitting a seven iron 193 to 196 consistently so his he averaged 195 yards and nine uh, 195 yards in 86 or 87 mile an hour club head speed with a seven iron but he was wrapping the damn thing around his head so then i go and I do my thing with him, and it takes off, I would say, 20% of the total range of motion of his backswing. So it was 20% less range of motion after I was done with him, and he was hitting the same exact shots, same exact shots, 195 yards, 91-mile-an-hour club speed, 124-mile-an-hour ball speed, but when he was done, he's like, I can't believe how much I feel in control of my swing now. It feels like my swing is so abbreviated, but I feel so in controlled. And the best thing about this is my back is not barking right now because he's, he's had back issues for the past six months or year or so where he can't pl- finish around without, he can't play two days in a row. And he's never been that way. And he's like, my back feels great right now. Like I feel so con- in so much control of my swing right now. And you just couldn't believe it. Yep. So can we like break it down? Cause I think we've been talking about a lot about for example, Will or him, how can we put this into like a cohesive way for our listeners to understand you're going from a, a body that is not in control, basically more of a fluid movement that is going beyond the range of motion to changing that to a movement that is much more under control within the range of motion your body allows. That leads to actually precision and it leads to consistency. That's how I would put it. So for our, for our listeners, it would be going from a full swing that you think is full, but is beyond your full swing to actually going to a full control swing, which is 20 to 30% less than what, where you think you should be. Correct. Here's the easiest way to do it. I mean, this is by far the easiest way to do it is get into that same position with your camera in slow-mo that I was just talking about earlier. So across from the ball from you and have somebody record your swing in slow motion and then watch the swing and press pause right at the top of your backswing. So right before you initiate the downswing, press pause right there and then take a screenshot right there. Then the next thing you do is switch the camera over to camera mode and have whoever standing across from the ball from you stand there. And then I want you to just go to the top of your backswing and hold 
and have that person take a picture of you. Then I want you to compare those two pictures. 99% of the time, they look nothing alike, meaning that when you go and pause, physically pause in the top of your backswing, you pause at the top of or at the your full swing. But when you go and you look at the screenshot from the slow motion video of your swing in real time, that swing is always at least 10%, if not 20% farther in your backswing than when you just paused. Did that make sense? Did I explain yeah. that? Yeah. So when you're swinging, when you're doing a swing to hit the ball, you're going beyond your range of motion. But Correct. when you're consciously stopping where your body limits you or where your range of motion ends. Where your muscle's ability to control your body ends. That's where you see a difference. Listen to those words again. Where your mus- When you stop and pause at the top of your backswing, that is where your muscle's ability to control your body ends. Meaning that if you go past that range... In your real swing, you're going into a range where your muscles no longer have control of your body. So if your muscles don't have control of your body, but you're still moving, what are you using to get that motion? What are you using? Anything you can, really. You're using your joints, your tendons, your ligaments, all things that you're not supposed to be using to swing the damn golf club. That's why you have back pain. That's why you have inconsistency. Muscles is what gives you consistency. Muscles is what gives you distance. Like it just, it's really simple when you put it that way. When you pause at the top of your backswing, that is the end of the range of your muscles ability to control your body. But if you go past that point in the real swing, your muscles are no longer in control. So that's why you're tweaking your back and blowing out discs and blowing out a meniscus in your knee. That's why or Will... To, to, her, to her needed discs. Yeah, that's why Will is potentially losing $18 million this year. $18 million. It's <laughs> a lot of cheese, man. <laughs> what would you do with 18 million dollars put it all in the black on the vegas <laughs> at the roulette table uh every time i hear that question i can't help but to think of that scene in office space which one i, I love that movie in office space where what's his name is talking to his neighbor and he goes the one jump to conclusions board no he get no <laughs> So he's talking to his neighbor, the guy with long hair. Yeah, okay. And he asks him, what would you do with a million dollars? He goes, he goes, I'll tell you what I'd do. Two girls at the same time. <laughs> I just remember when he goes like, that movie's awesome. He goes like, Hey, Lawrence, are you there? He's like, no, I'm not. I don't want you screwing up my life, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, $18 million is a lot, especially for a young kid. How old is Will? I think he's early 20s. Yeah. What if? What would you do with $18 million in your early 20s? Two chicks at the same time. <laughs>
Oh my gosh. But in all seriousness, all all BS set aside, if you know Will, put him in contact with me. If you know Tiger, put him in contact with me. Hell, if you know anybody who is on the tour and wants to increase distance or save their body so that they can play forever, put them in contact with us. I'd love to be able to work with somebody and help help their game out. Good. Awesome. Yeah. Want to wrap this one up? Yeah, I think we're good. Take home message is get your camera out in slow-mo. Take a video of you. See where you're stopping your backswing in real time. And then see where you're stopping your backswing like physically. Like just go to the top of your backswing and pause it and take a picture. Compare those two pictures and see if they're different. If they're different, you are at high risk for injury. You are at high risk for inconsistency. And you are at high risk for a shitty golf game. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> very, very well said. <laughs> All right, guys. Cool. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Share this episode with somebody that you know that you know for a fact that they're taking their backswing way too far. And subscribe, comment, email me if you got questions. That was great. Yep. Until next time. See you. Thank you very much for tuning in this week. For more information, please go to BermanGolf.com. That's B as in boy, E-R-M-A-N, BermanGolf.com. And check out a ton of stuff that we have there. Or even better, go to our socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. We're even on TikTok. Check us out everywhere. We've got tons of content going out every week. And please give us a thumbs up. Comment on the videos. Let me know what your questions are. Try to shoot holes in this. I'll do whatever I can to help you out the best that I can. Thank you, guys.